Welcome back to the restroom! The, the Pied Piper is Sherman Oaks, Mr. Tommy Bechtold. <laughs> hey! This is our daily show that keeps you updated on what's going on in nerd news. And as you can already tell, the format's a little different today. We're coming at you remote. Uh, we're not in our beautiful, actual break room at New Rockstars HQ, but as a bonus, we're all comfortably at home and we get joined by the wonderful Mr. Eric Voss. Hello! Thank you guys for letting me come back in after I screamed at some of the nice people who were tuning in on our first episode. Yeah. It's redemption hour for me. No, no, no. Okay. That that's the boss we want back. I think we want we want it pure vitriol and rage. Lean in, baby. Lean in. <laughs> and and of course, I'm I'm joining my other co-hosts, Jessica Clemens and Tommy Bechtold. Yes, definitely in our real houses. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy may or may not be in the, the back aisle of a Target somewhere. Uh, <laughs> They'll never know. Uh, coming up on today's episode, we're really excited to talk about, we've got uh, some more info on Miss Marvel's powers, which we've frequently speculated about on this uh, channel. We're, we're talking Book of Boba Fett. We've got a little uh, Squid Game Season 2 update and a whole lot more. And as we've been doing uh, on most of the episodes of The Break Room so far, we've got our swear jar going. And uh, we were trying to explain it to Eric right before we started. Our swear jar is a bit of a reverse swear jar in that we can only swear when we hit a certain amount of money. Once we get to uh, multiples of $100 in the Super Chat, that unleashes one um, you know, tight tirade of profanity from whichever host happens to notice it first. Now, Tommy is eagle-eyed on that and has gotten it maybe eight out of the 10 times that we've uh, hit it. Uh, Jessica is probably a close second. She's equally observant. I'm terrible at it. Maybe Eric and his eye for Easter eggs and missable details will be able to notice that swear jar. <laughs> uh, but first, let's do the headlines. Uh, bang. Bang. The, the graphics probably rolling right now. Great. Uh, the news of the day. Uh, a featurette in today's USA Today revealed that Miss Marvel's powers include the ability to manifest light. Of course, that's very different from the comics. Uh, but it kind of, as Kevin Feige pointed out in an interview, it more closely aligns her and strengthens the connection to Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, because we have uh, Monica Rambo, right? Like she can manifest energy, right? So now it's like that's kind of a similar power set. It feels like the Marvels are all uh, energy producers, clean energy. Yeah. <laughs> I think so long as Kamala Khan's uh, manifesting of light has a more of a tangible mm. texture to it, I think that's one thing that like I missed out from while watching Captain Marvel and Monica Rambo a bit in Wandavision. It was just. The actors are clearly like, so I just wave my hands around and then you coat it with, with glow stick goo. Cool, cool. It seems uh, like so I even, hope, yeah. no, sorry, Voss. It seems even though they're trying to get rid of the fact that like, oh, she doesn't have the same powers as Mr. Fantastic because in the comics she was like super stretchy. She's still super stretchy in the form of super light. Does that make mm. sense? It seems from the trailer that she's still extending her arm, but it's the light that is being mm. extended. So I still think she's staying pretty close to the comics as yeah. much as I really want her to. But I also, I don't know. I, Jessica, piggybacking on that, I think like one of the things that through three, you know, varying degrees of quality Fantastic Four films, the stretchiness has not yet quite been mastered by special effects and CGI artists, whereas the kind of like manifestation of things like power and electricity and light is much more, I think, uh, impressive on screen. The stretchiness still, even in, uh, spoiler alert, uh, incoming um, uh, in Multiverse of Madness, it's it's better, but it's still not quite like as amazing as I think people who are love the comic books want it to be. So to me, mm -hmm. this is almost more of a practical decision, too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. As long as she just says embiggen at some point, yes. I'm good to go. <laughs> embiggen, uh, elongate. Also, Tommy, how dare you not say four Fantastic Four movies if we're including the oh, uh, yes. previously seen on bootleg breakdowns uh, right. early 90s. Thank you to all, all 40,000 of you that supported that video. I know each one of you by name, and you are all still receiving your uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four autograph, Tommy Bechtold. Uh, thank you, though. So. Uh, 
All right. A new photo of Jessica Jones actress Kristen Ritter and Luke Cage actor Mike Coulter posing together uh, was posted recently, and it kind of sparked some rumors of a Defenders reunion. Yeah. We've got more kind of yeah. Netflix Defenders uh, news coming up shortly. Um, <laughs> do we think that this could be hinting at a new project together with those characters, or are these just two friends hanging out that have worked together? Two friends hanging out. Uh, there was another. There was another photo that came out of two celebrities hanging out. And people were like, "Uh," and it's like, no. They even said they're like, no, we're just friends because we had very close scenes together. No, I don't think anyone in Los Angeles are friends. They're all either future or present work colleagues. Have any conversation, any party, you know, over or whatever line of coke that you've done. It's, it's whatever you're working on, right? Yeah. Everyone's always on the clock. Well, you know, I mean, there's true Hollywood stories. 12 years ago, a photo of myself and Nick Swartzen surfaced on Facebook, <laughs> only for us to both star in Bill Burr's Immoral Compass on the Roku channel, me as dead guy, and me and him as, I believe, cat murderer. So if you say people can't come together to create great content, uh, uh, you don't know. It feels like a real life. It's like a real life version of the secret, That's right? Right? Manifest, I didn't get a photo, but I once saw Mike Coulter at the Studio City LA Fitness. Hell yeah, uh, a large, uh, healthy looking man. Zach um, Zach Huddleston on season two of Defenders confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, speaking of Defenders, as we mentioned, this news kind of just broke right before we started recording. Variety is reporting that a new Disney Plus Daredevil series is a go. Uh, no details yet, no casting news. They've just kind of assigned some showrunners to it. Um, and, you know, we don't know dates, anything like that. But it is being worked it's on. It's a new Daredevil yeah. series. So it's not following up what Netflix had well, put out. Hey. But know. was the headline writer from the UK? Because yeah. they call season series yes. there. Look at them up. Look them up. Look them up. Yeah. Look them up. Who wrote well, it? And maybe it would be considered a, a new series just because there was a break. Maybe this will be called Daredevil Man Without Fear or something. You know, it'll have a slightly yeah. different title to denote that it comes from a different studio well, maybe the, and has a different. This could be 616 Daredevil because, I mean, Charlie Cox in interviews has theorized that his Daredevil from the Netflix series and the Daredevil that he played in Far From Home are, are may not be the same person, right, Eric? I think I we may you and I may have discussed that. Don't quote me. No, on I'm not quoting you. Because I'm actually you've also seen that. I think there is an I thought I we have. talked about yes. Is there, I, I mean have. he's you know, interviews he said it offhandedly in an interview. He didn't say like Yeah, he said it at a uh, at like a uh, I believe it was in Tel Aviv yeah. or something like that, a uh, a Comic Con or some kind of convention. And to me it was very clear that he said that like the Charlie Cox and Spider-Man No Way Home and coming up in uh, in the MCU is going to be like a different universe right. variant. Like that was absolutely the context, but don't tell that to the people who believe that everything that happened in the Netflix Daredevil show is 100% MCU 616 <laughs> right, because they will take him out of context and yell D at you for Distance the rest of your Eric life. Distance Eric Boss from so. that and send all your hate to me at Tommy. Because <laughs> you want to know what? I fuel off it, nerds. I fuel off it. Oh, the Will the Wilson Fisk of the break room I right there. Breakfast. I eat your tears. Your tears lubricate my Captain Crunch so it can slide down my throat and not make so many cuts like raw Captain Crunch does. <laughs> he takes your hate and he slams it in the car door. That's right. Okay, that's how we <laughs> we'll be we'll be talking a lot about this. And we'll probably even have mm -hmm. some content on the channel speculating about it, especially when we get some more news about casting and and dates and things like that. Um, and now we have been uh, talking a whole lot about all of this Vanity Fair Star Wars coverage uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, the Kathleen Kennedy interview, lots of news, both about upcoming Star Wars releases and kind of previous ones. Uh, one thing we got into, John Favreau defended the decision to make Boba Fett a good guy in the book of Boba Fett, right? Uh, he was quoted as saying, I think he's just wise. He's also a much older character because now uh, we're after the original trilogy. He's at a very different point in his life, having experienced what we had seen in all the previous films. Um, now, Tommy and Eric are making a uh, very special Star Wars themed trip. Yes. Fingers crossed. Uh, we, we're call, week. we're I don't calling know, it our honeymoon, but thank you for calling it a trip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> our... our Honey, two moons. How many moons? Are there? Zach's paying respect for our uh, our relatives back yeah. east who uh, don't really know me and Tommy's <laughs> true right. relationship. Yeah, we're just friends going That's on right. a trip. These two buddies 
heading up to Space Mountain. Oh my God, it's Space Mountain. Jesus Christ. When the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim, fingers crossed that it doesn't get canceled yeah. by Act of God or, or COVID or something like that. But um, yeah. uh, do you do you have thoughts on, on this quote or what are you most, let's just take a, a quick side trip. Sure. What are you most excited to see at Star Ooh. Wars celebration? Well, I do have thoughts on this interview because I read the whole, the whole article. Uh, and I think that it expounded okay. upon Favreau made it kind of some even more salient points that like, it's interesting. He did a lot of comparisons to Michael Corleone from The Godfather, like, you know, which is kind of a funny, like, let me compare this character I made to one of the greatest characters in cinematic history. <laughs> However, what, what he was saying is this kind of like a reversal where like Boba Fett was born destined to be a bad guy, right? Like he's the son of like a merciless bounty hunter who is orphaned at a young age and then kind of raised in the shadow of the empire. Ultimately, when the money is right or the credits are right, joining the empire in their in their uh, in their in their pursuit of uh, the of the rebellion, only to kind of just be cast aside and left for dead in the stomach of a sarlacc, making kind of a Boba Fett haggis, if you will. And then, <laughs> you know, so he said the interesting choice, rather than having him just continue to be, you know, a ruthless ne'er do well bad guy. Why do you want to? Who would really want to follow that story? Uh, immediate tweets from uh, angry people. We do uh, on my Twitter timeline, but he said it was more interesting to make him, as he said, then continuing on with that wise quote. Like he has so much knowledge now about why doing things from an evil or bad point of view don't work that it makes sense for him to want peace. It makes sense for him to want, you know, kind of justice to do what's fair rather than what is uh, ultimately more profitable. So no longer driven right. by money, it's easy for him to be a little more benevolent, I think. Yeah, I was okay with that uh, moral alignment shift for the character because ultimately I think Boba Fett in the original trilogy was more of a neutral character. We don't really know what his motives right. were. Um, he wasn't necessarily a villain. He was just a guy right. on a gig. Uh, and as we know, we've done plenty of gigs before in front of all <laughs> yeah, kinds of hostile audiences. Me. And who knows what that brings out of you. You're looking you know? at a man who you know, did a haunted Hecklers, house. I wish I could have frozen a carbonite. Yeah, I, say, I, I um, did but, a haunted uh, house in Orange County once where... Not one, not two, not three, but four people showed up in blackface. So I've done some real <laughs> hell kicks before. I mean, Philip has a hilarious story about how he did a haunted house in college and completely, he's like, oh, I will be completely uh, pitch black and then basically just put a black paint on his face and rode a bus to the oh. gig. Uh, I'll let him tell yeah. that story. Uh, anyway, I, I just wish, uh, bring it back to Boba here. I, I do wish that we got to see more of his wisdom i think like in those episodes he just made so many tactical blunders trusting people he should not have yeah. trusted to begin with like i think they're kind of uh, looking back on their writing of that series with some uh, rose tinted glasses yeah, I think the, that when we covered it it, did not it wasn't it. his like gaining of a conscience it was more complete loss of instincts that was more jarring mm, was yeah. not like oh he's now got like a sense yeah. of purpose it's like oh he forgot how to like deal with the people he dealt with his whole life very effective. Yes. So. And 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 yeah, maybe that comes down to intent versus execution. And I don't think it was a bad intent. Maybe it just wasn't quite executed the way they would have liked or the way we would have liked. But um yeah, but now what what are you excited to see at uh, Star Wars celebration next week? I've never been to a celebration before. I, I'm gonna be a complete noob and I'm so excited to see the the cosplay because like uh the the people like Star Wars celebration is really the epicenter of the like people who will just go from con to con like with the most amazing to me like the most exposure I got to great Star Wars cosplay was when I lived in North Hollywood and there is the guy with the silver Mandalorian armor mm -hmm. on the skateboard. Oh, Have you yeah. guys ever seen I, that guy? I, I see him. I see him almost every week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited for the uh, for and I just want to see like the vendor room. Like there will be oh Tommy and I found out we're gonna get access to the Thursday yes. Lucasfilm panel. So I think that's where we're gonna see an Andor panel. But like obviously you know we're used to just seeing stuff on YouTube when it drops. But being able to see the the the, the teams in person as they're talking about right. their process, I'm just so I, I echo those. That. This is uh, not to brag uh, or cry for help. My fourth my fourth <laughs> celebration. 
but I, uh, I think what I'm really looking forward to, the costumes are always amazing. The vendors are incredible, especially the artists that make their own, like, basically incredibly, incredibly, incredibly high-quality fan art. But Saturday, Friday, Eric and I have access to a panel that has Lawrence Kasdan and Ron Howard in it. And I'm sorry, whether you like wow. Solo or not, I will listen to Ron Howard talk filmmaking all day, any day about it. Like, I, I you know, and as someone who's not, like, a, a really diehard solo hater, uh, someone who kind of, I actually kind of enjoyed the film, I... Uh, I'm just looking forward to that. I mean, all the panels that Eric and I are lucky enough to have access to sound amazing. But that panel in particular, I'm like, man, that is a once in a lifetime, really close up to that. I, I'm yeah. so excited for that. I, I really, you know, I, I think it's going to hopefully be some good opportunities for Eric and I to share uh, what we learn at these things and uh, hopefully make some fun content as well. Not that that won't, not that learning yes. isn't fun, but let's face it, a little bit of a snooze. So, uh, <laughs> Why three colleges, no degrees, baby? Uh, <laughs> yes, we're 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 still working out the details, but we hope we'll maybe have some kind of reporting back uh, from your experiences, maybe some content to share here on the break room. Yeah. Certainly on uh, Wookie oh, Leaks, yes. the show that Eric and Tommy host every week, and that that show is going to be blowing up real soon with the uh, release of Obi Wan, and really probably throughout the rest of the year with. Uh, and or to follow and, and a lot of good Star Wars content coming down the pipeline. <clears throat> ah, but yeah. back, to, back to headlines. Um, Squid Game creator, and I, I apologize, I'm, I'm not good at uh, pronouncing uh, Korean names, Hwang Dong-hyuk uh, um, gave more insight into season two in a recent interview with Vandy Fair. Um, these are like great, scary type quotes, I feel like. I want to ask the question, is true solidarity between humans possible? Mm. Like, oh, my God, he's going to make people do some stuff to each other, you know. Uh, and he added that the show could be out by the end of 2023 or 2024. Humanity is going to be put to a test through those games once again. Um, we we all love Squid Game and covered it here on the channel. Very excited for another season of that show. Absolutely. Yeah. And I say take your time with it. Please don't rush it. We see this so many times with, like, amazing first series of a show, and they, like, They'll, like, True Detective was this, mm -hmm. right? Where the showrunner just spends years gestating on this idea, and then they rush a second season, and it's yep. just not as good. So I like to hear that, like, the end of 2023 or 2024. Great. No rush. Take your time. Yeah. Take your time, and let's just make sure none of us get roped in any high-profile suicide games before that. <laughs> God knows I need the money. If you if you meet a man on the at a subway uh, station, Tommy, do not do not take him up on his dice rolling Fair proposition. Enough. Okay, not again. I'll never um, do it again. <laughs> twice That's was too right. many. Um, we got a, a season three Umbrella Academy Woo! trailer. I watched this earlier today. Yes. It's a great looking <laughs> yes. trailer. Um, you know, kind of fulfills the tease at the end of season two for folks that have been watching that Netflix series. Certainly, kind of blows that out. Looks like they're going to explore that uh, for the rest of season three with kind of the Umbrella Academy versus the Sparrow Academy. If you haven't watched that show, very digestible. You can catch up on the first two seasons on uh, Netflix right now ahead of that third season premiere. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm a big fan of that show. I, I actually enjoyed the comic, not to brag. Uh, uh, when it came out, God, I think the comic is almost eight or nine years old now. Whenever uh, Gerard Way started Young Animal with DC. But uh, yeah, I just like the way that they do the show. I Like you said, it's very bingeable. It's kind of, uh, they, they do a good job of explaining the world and then just blowing it out. And then this season, you know, it's clearly like, this is a great season where like they, they kind of wrapped up the mysteries of season one in within season two and then just exploded everything. So now fans of that show, I think will be, uh, rewarded with a great season three, and I hope new fans of the show will watch seasons one and two before. Absolutely. Um, oh, and then uh, this is a kind of a funny story. So we're we're also very excited for another Netflix series coming very soon, Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> apparently, news came out that key plot details of the upcoming Stranger Things season were spoiled via a netflix themed monopoly set mm. <laughs> now we do not know what the spoilers are and we're not going to talk about them here uh and actually nobody has talked about what the specific things are you probably have to buy that monopoly set to know but apparently it's so pissed off the creators of stranger things duffer brothers that they like created a big stink and it got us thinking about how often merch and toys mm -hmm. 
uh, scale movies. Uh, It is completely baffling how many times companies will create products without asking the people that created the show. They did the same thing to... what was it? Uh, Gravity Falls. Disney released like a book of unpublished like oh, wow. animation cells, and they were like, "We didn't know they were doing this. We didn't know that they had wow. access to this." Yeah. So it's just like all these things that they were planning on doing. They're like, "Well, we couldn't do because they put it in a book." <laughs> it, it's so it's so funny. Like I when mean, I was yeah. a kid, I had the Spider Man notebook, and it was like just a blank notebook. And then one day there was a note at my kitchen table from my dad saying he was leaving forever uh, from it. And I was like, how did the Spider-Man notebook go to write that? Uh, that's so crazy. That's insane. Tommy, I don't think that was the notebook. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Dad, if you're watching. That's not That's not. Uh, well, Eric, is it, I, I know, I mean, this was eventually came out in other ways as well, but was it our first inkling that Gore the God Butcher might be in Thor? Did that come via... Some kind of oh, we knew thriller. we knew that he was going to be in it. Um, they they well, we suspected that for a while, and then they confirmed it when uh, they did that Disney Plus day in like December 2020. But they um, they showed us like I think the first look we saw of like what he might look like, aside from set photos, was like in the form of yes. a Lego version of Gore the God Butcher. And Lego will do this all the time. We have we have a friend, a close friend of ours, who went we went to college with, who works in conjunction with Marvel in a lot of ways, and he says like. The toys drive them well, the, crazy in the narrative the department. The hammer, uh, Mjolnir, uh, revealed that the uh, uh, Mighty Thor character played by Natalie Portman was going to tie into the comic book cancer yeah. storyline. Like that hadn't been revealed about yeah. the, about the the movie at all until the toy came out. Yes. Yeah, and- for sure. Um, stuff with the uh, I remember in Infinity War the Hulkbuster armor. The fact that Banner was going to be in the Hulkbuster. Uh, was like it part of a Lego set mm. um, for sure with like Eternals with Multiverse of Madness there was like a Gargantos looking thing that's how we learned right. Gargantos' name because otherwise it wasn't specified right. uh, and we might come or we will certainly come back to this in a little <laughs> uh, segment uh, Tommy likes to call mandatory oh, fun uh, so stick a pin in this uh, there might be more talk of toys that spoil things um, but actually, first, uh, let's. I'm gonna move things around a little bit because I want to talk about our good friends at Boxu, who are helping us um, bring this episode to you remotely. Eric's actually got a, a delicious Boxu there with him. He's got the Tanjubi box. Boxu is a monthly subscription service that delivers premium Japanese snacks and tea pairings straight from Japan to your door. Each Boxu features a new theme providing you a little gourmet journey through the beautiful regions of Japan every month. And yeah, the Tanjubi box, Tanjubi means birthday in Japanese. So this celebrates the sixth birthday of uh, Boxu as a company. So these are some of their favorite snacks over the six years. Um, Eric, you mentioned before that you've already kind of uh, gone through a little bit of the Tanjubi box yourself. Do you have any favorites or things you're looking forward to getting into? I love mochi so much just because like I as I get older it's less about the flavor and more about the texture with foods and like to me the flavor or the texture of mochi is like the most pleasant thing ever. It's just so relaxing and calming. Yeah, so, like a more her. like a more toothsome marshmallow yes. if you will. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um sounds yeah. goji to mochi we... boys. <laughs> Gochi to mochi. We've been digging into all of, a variety of the, the different boxy boxes here all week at uh, New Rockstars. And actually, May is Asian Heritage Month. And kind of a cool thing about Boxu is they work with a lot of like tiny and family owned uh, Japanese snack makers, authentic like family businesses uh, throughout the country. And so it's a cool way to kind of connect to that heritage and that little booklet that Eric held up a minute ago kind of gives you a little backstory about the individual snacks and the people that make them and the part of the country that they come from. Uh, if you want to try Boxu out and get into the delicious uh, Gucci Moochies and um, other uh, good snacks that come with it, go to uh, the link in this video's description. Uh, use code ROCKSTARS to get $15 off your order. You'll not only be getting some great snacks, maybe send in some good snacks to a friend of yours or a loved one, We'll also be supporting us here in New Rockstars in the break room. So thank you to Boxu for helping us out. And then a quick shout out uh, to our, our friends at NewRockstarsMerch.com. Eric is wearing right now our latest Obsession shirt inspired by uh, the Multiverse of Madness. That shirt's called Shattered Madness. Wow. 
as a very cool, fun design. I also like how Strange's heart is kind of positioned about where the actual heart of the wearer would be. Yeah. Um, my heart is uh, sitting on a slab somewhere in another country. <laughs> it was removed and replaced with um, a criminal's heart. Oh. Oh, okay. There's an icebox hmm. where my heart used to be. Oh, I love that song. I love um, Omarion. I was going to say, not a lot of Omarion fans. In the oh, I'm an Omarion <laughs> fan. Uh, uh, poor man Cisco is what I like to oh. think of. Okay. Um, oh, uh, wow. No, that's I like horrible. Okay. I love it. Uh, now, uh, let's, let's pivot. We're going to, uh, Eric's going to lead us in a, a, a little discussion about She-Hulk. Yeah. So um, I'm, I love this She-Hulk trailer so much. I'm able to just like put aside my thoughts about the CGI because I think like the world that it's setting up and the way it's connecting to the MCU is so cool and weird. And there's this side relationship that we got to talk about, Wong and his friendship with Abomination. Now, yes. Benedict Wong was confirmed to be in this series. He's going to be joining the cast. Isn't it crazy that the MCU right now is really like the Wong cinematic universe? Yes. They're just putting Wong in everything. And I have and no complaints. He fits everywhere. He, he does. fits everywhere. You can throw him in anything. It he's makes so sense. funny, and he's such a team player, and he's just like the smartest guy in the room. But he's also like <laughs> clumsy in the most adorable way. I love Wong. Like, give Wong a movie. Wong needs to get his own title, I think. But anyway, we got some questions about like what he's doing in the show. Um, so like, let's like. Is it just going to be with Abomination? Or are we going to find out why he and Blonsky have this side relationship? Why they showed up in Shang-Chi? There just has to be. I'm still writing this really weird theory that Wong is like his sponsor. That like, because oh, uh, we haven't that. seen Abomination in so long that I'm sure he's changed, you know? When you're stuck alone for a long time, you probably change and people change. People. So I like to think that Wong is there to be like, yeah, this is his way of getting exercise and his way of getting out and getting that anger that he still has built in him to get it out. We just spar. And as long as mm. we keep sparring, he's fine. He's good to go. He just needs a little bit of, you know, like get to get it out. So I, I, I really want Wong's friend to be there to help him. I, I love that idea. And I was kind of thinking something similar, right? And like, there is a precedent for that, both in like uh, parole yeah. officers and in like, you know, often like you have a sponsor, maybe when you're dealing with addiction or other things like that, there are people that work with like uh, former service members and stuff like that to kind of uh, help them through trauma. I would love that if like, you know, the the sorcerers are kind of have this spiritual bent can be a little bit of like, uh, you know, hey, I'll be your, both your counselor and your sparring buddy. It's such like a fun, weird mix uh, of those two. I love that idea. Seems like he's a little bit of a father figure. As long as uh, <laughs> Abomination will put his tiny hand in his, he could be his preacher teacher till the end of time. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess <laughs> my question is... <laughs> Stop him. Stop him. Take it away, bro. Tommy doesn't know how whistles work. <laughs> yeah. Someone go to his house and rip that whistle, out Whistle, 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 whistle. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I just, I get that. And I can imagine Wong being in this mindset of, you know, wanting to take these broken toys and give them a second chance. I think that it's totally something that the Sorcerer Supreme might say, you know what? No, I believe in redemption in this mm -hmm. MCU. I just wonder, like, is he doing this on behalf of whoever the warden of this prison? I think it's the cube. Are we, is he doing this with their permission? Is he doing this in spite of their permission? I just don't really know how much the Sorcerer Supreme cares about the US government well, and their interests. It has to be in spot, in spot, spot, just under whatever word you use, whatever vocab word you use. Uh, it has to be under the radar because he's just like, bringing him out right and then sneaking him kind of back in i get I, I don't know maybe because that maybe that's also the quickest way to get that big lug out of that room is just to get him mm. out and in but i feel like it would be easier to transport him if he wasn't hiding him you know does that make sense yeah yeah i think like if it is on behalf of a warden it's gonna make wong seem a bit like you know like i imagine this warden being someone like val you know and if val oh. can like make Wong do stuff like it's kind of like I feel like Wong wouldn't care if he was like no. through the government I feel like he's got his own sneaky thing that he's so, doing with abomination I agree so Val is bad 
We know Val is yeah, bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we're we're always on the fence about whether or not Val is bad because it's like if she does get like people like Florence Pugh, like Yelena, to join the team, Yelena's bad or Kate Bishop if she got her is Kate Bishop bad? It, it, I I we've gone into some weird stuff in the break room, but so if she's overseeing abomination she wants Abomination to do bad things again, but he doesn't want to do bad things if we're going off our theory of he's getting his anger out, correct? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we, we don't we don't know, right? There's potential here for an Amanda Waller Suicide Squad situation, right? We're technically, well, going to Starro is a good mission. Now, the ulterior motive, spoiler for the, the film Suicide Squad, right? The ulterior motive beneath the Starro thing was not nice. So, yeah, it's tough. We don't know Val's okay. true motivations. We know she's kind of extra legal, right? Like a little bit outside the system while within the system, but kind of so aren't the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we don't know how bad her intentions might be yet. Do we know? I if, think if she gives Johnny Mayonnaise a second chance, no one is good. If you, are, that's if you what I'm, that that's guy. why I'm like, I'm like, uh, I don't like this guy. I, you can't change Val. Uh, is, do we think that she's, she's taking the mantle of what Thunderbolt Ross is leaving, correct? I think so. I think so. I think That's ultimately it's going to be almost a Victoria hand thing going on. You know, um, I think there's going to be like a Dark Avengers lineup and they're going to yeah. let Julia Lee Dreyfus lead that up. I don't know if we're going to okay. see that in the show. I just think ultimately that's what Val is doing. Sure. Though, um, I'll say this. Do you think Wong would be in, involved? in? Yeah, that's, that's my question. I don't know. Like. Wong seems, as a sorcerer, I don't think he would care about what the Thunderbolts do. Like, he's got bigger uh, squid to fry, right? Like I agree. Um, yeah, he, I guess he kind of yeah. sees the, he sees, like, he's got the, he, uh, what do they call it out? He's, he's, he's zoomed way out on the issues, right? yeah. as opposed to just, like, we got to get rid of this one bad guy in this one little place. Wong is looking at the world. And like saving the world from a very, very wide angle of like, here's a yeah. here's a cosmic threat, here's a magical threat, here's a yeah. yeah he's threat. got the uh, third eye view instead right. of the bird eye. The third view. eye right. view. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, no, he's not no, he's third eye blind. I'll tell you that much. That's right. <laughs> hey, step back from that ledge, my friend, is what he's saying to Abomination. Um, uh, but he's well, he's still taking time out of his schedule of protecting the multiverse or whatever to kind of help rehabilitate or spar with uh abomination it is interesting right and that that is like an unusual pairing also i think benedict wong and um uh tim roth are probably gonna be really fun yeah, together i, think they're gonna be great. Yeah. I also think we're, yeah. we keep saying that they need to spar to get his anger out i think wong has also a lot of upset frustration oh, and he deserves it he has he has every right to have be so irritated with everything and yeah. just to be like I need to get it out with boxing, but a punching bag's not going to do it. The only person strong enough? Abomination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what Ooh. we need? We need a scene where it is uh, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky and Wong mm -hmm. as Wong sitting in a diner at a restaurant just talking about their feelings and their anger. <laughs> at the very end, Tim Roth hulks out into Abomination, jumps on the table and says, damn it, Swear Jaw's not there yet. But you us move or we'll kill every last one of you us. We need yes, that. I think we are owed that. And, and hey, we can get. And that's right. We get. We get Sam Jackson, Nick Fury sitting in the same diner. Yeah. Say scroll again. Say scroll again. You know, I I think like ultimately, uh, since Wong, I can't imagine Wong would be on board with any kind of Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts or whatever uh -huh. it is. I wonder if his goal is to subvert what Val is doing, and uh -huh. he is teaching Emil Blonsky how to take control over his abomination Hulk out so that he won't be forced to be like a super soldier for someone else's bidding. He's gonna say, 100. hey, so when the time is right, now activate your own self-control and you can break free. 100%. Right. 100% agree. And I think, and, and that will add a lot of depth to that character when abomination still chooses to join <laughs> the Dark yes. Right? But he, he will be torn, yeah. maybe. He does have a legitimate friendship. He does, he's getting, these characters are much more interesting when they're getting pulled in both directions, which arguably John Walker has, like, things pulling him in uh -huh. both directions, right? Like, all, it's certainly uh, Yelena, right? Like, they, they are not black and white, just straight up evil villains. That's what makes these characters kind of so interesting yeah. to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, 100%. Um, real, real quick, oh, I was just going to throw in, 
we know we're getting introduced to some kind of prison for superpowered individuals. Anytime you get introduced to something like that, I feel like it's setting the table for a prison break. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see something like that on She-Hulk? I know that that feels pretty far afield from what that show is going to be about, but I mean, could it be set? More up? reason to do that. She's a lawyer. <laughs> more reason to do that. anything that involves breaking the well, law. She seems gets like you should do it right now. And she holds. She gets them out with appeals and uh, you know evidence and whatever, yeah. right? Not like somebody drilling a hole through the wall. Yeah, I think so that'll be. There's the... gonna be a breakout. There has I, to be I a break guess, in. Um, yeah, or you know, prison break. It starts with a break in, really, and then a breakout by the end of the and season. The... But the question is, like, who else is in this space? You know, if it is the cube, it's a, it's gonna be a type of prison that uh, keeps uh, gamma irradiated individuals. And if that's like a multiple in individual thing, that's where we can get to a place of like, you know, a giant sized Hulk, a world war, a world war Hulk. Maybe we could see a red Hulk in there. Uh, it's going to be different. It, it can't be Thunderbolt Ross at this point, unless they recast, um, you know, R.A.P. William Hurt. But like, they could still go that angle with just a different character being red Hulk. Uh, this is a show to do it. I think yeah, if you're going to have abomination there, if you're already spending all this money, uh, that'd be, Anytime you introduce a prison, you want to see the place explode and everyone break out of it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, one last question. You know, we we saw Wong, uh, last saw Wong in Banner with the with the sling, you know, in the Shang-Chi post-credits scene. Um, we've talked about that in other videos, of course. But do you think uh, Shang-Chi as like the heir apparent to the Avengers could show up on this show? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I think that is because wasn't isn't there mention and correct me if I'm wrong that Matt Murdock will be coming in. I think that would be the likelier mind blowing cameo of Charlie Cox I, showed up on this show. It makes I a feel bit like more sense to me. Yeah, I also think there's just so many cameos you can do, and I think getting like Abomination already in and out of form, and then you're gonna have Hulk, and then you got Matt Murdock. I think throwing Shang-Chi in there is just another little bit of like, ooh, this is going completely the other way. Now, yeah. <laughs> who played uh, who played Betty Ross in the uh, in the 2008? Was that Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler. I mean, are we are we ruling yeah. out a Betty Ross cameo? Are we ruling out? Uh, uh, I mean, a return? Did, well, didn't she do Endgame? Wasn't her, wasn't she standing next to William Hurt at the end of uh, at Tony Stark's funeral in Endgame? Oh, I I don't know. I don't think so. I think he wasn't he standing alone. Yeah, he was standing by himself. Um, All right. Hey, yeah. you know what? I'm right, and you guys are wrong. No, I don't. I, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, I'm right, and you guys are wrong. Well, there's there's no way for us to ever know. So, I, I think uh, Liv Tyler was yeah. part of that like earlier era. Like they didn't bring back Ed Norton, and I think Liv Tyler as like his love interest in that movie. It was just too weird. I think William Hurt was really the one actor from that yeah. series well, that they brought back. We'll find out, well, won't we? I just want to throw in, uh, there was a super chat from Skylar Aldridge uh, asking, you know, with with William Hurt's passing, if they did decide not necessarily to recast Thunderbolt Ross, but maybe have a different existing MCU character turn into Red Hulk, who do you think it could be? I see Skylar suggested Val. I mean, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, some kind of Hulked out version of Julie Louis-Dreyfus would be crazy. Would be awesome. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I there's mean, probably some obvious answer. What about a Justin there. Hammer? What about a Justin Hammer at Hulk? Oh, uh, I can see Justin Hammer's still in jail, right? Or possibly from the dead. short. In the short, he's still in the prison. Not this prison, but a, no- a normal prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm. I mean, this is this is kind of a, a cop out answer, but anytime you can have somebody's kid, yeah. you know, trying to avenge their uh, wronged, uh, yeah. you know, Aldrich Killian's. Right. Uh, Son, who we've never seen on film, but he's going to avenge his father by taking the gamma radiation or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. I think uh, I'd be interested to see other Hulk figures like uh, Hulk Lean. I know that he's been speculated a lot. He's he's called Hulk Lean, but he's actually like a half scroll. He's not necessarily anyone's kid. Uh, Well, he is someone's kid, but not these characters' kid. (laughs) Uh, And I think it'd be fun to introduce Amadeus Cho on the show. That name hasn't been thrown out there a lot, but he's such a fascinating character. And we have Helen Cho in the universe, but I don't think that's ever been established that he she has a kid named Amadeus. Uh, like, if this is just going to be the Hulk show, like our portal into the Hulk corner of the MCU, you got to have Amadeus show in there, I think. 
Let's do it, baby. That's great. Uh, speaking of things we should do, oh, Tommy. Is it? Hang on. I need to cast a spell. <laughs> uh, Mandatorious uh, fundus. Mandatorious fundus. That's right. It's time. Graphic, it is so ridiculous. It's time for the segment that has swept the nation. Hit my graphic again. All right, it's time for fun. A segment so nice, we play the graphic twice. A segment so fine, sometimes we play it three times. Hit my graphic again. We reported earlier, those dummies at Parker Brothers released a Stranger Things 4 Monopoly game that spoiled some major plot lines from Stranger Things Season 4. You know, if they were smart, they would have released a recap Monopoly game that reminded us what the hell happened on that show five years ago. It was last out. <laughs> but that got me thinking. My three best friends are here. What are some other merchandise spoilers that have, uh, you know, affected you? And I want to remind everyone that these may or may not be real. Uh, so uh, put your spoiler hats on. And uh, I wanted each one of you to pitch me your, your best merch spoiler, past, present, or future, that you can think of. Uh, who would like to go first? No one. I'll go first. <laughs> Great. It's so crazy, you guys. I was actually at Target the other day, and uh, I saw that this is nuts. I know that Solo, a Star Wars film, was kind of maligned uh, by critics, and, and seemingly Kathleen Kennedy even kind of bailed on it the other day in that Vanity Fair article, but they're actually... Wait a minute, Tommy. I hate to interrupt you, but... Fuck you for saying it was maligned, because we just hit Swear Jar 106 bucks. Yeah. It was a thousand percent Rotten Tomatoes, a yes. billion dollars in the domestic box office. I think it came in second only to Morbius for highest grossing yeah. film. Wow. And, and shout out to Jacob Neely, who was rooting that Eric noticed the Swear Jar first. And you, dreams Jacob. do come true. There you go, Jacob. Jacob. Got that Jacob. one for you. Well, anyway, Eric, I, I am a solo believer. I'm, I'm maybe the solo believer. Uh, but I, I want a continuation of the solo Star Wars film. And what's nuts is I was at Target, and they have merchandise for Solo, too. Oh. And they actually have a Millennium Falcon. And I bought it. Wow. And it seems like a regular Millennium Falcon. But when you open it, there are some just absolutely crazy, what I, I have to assume are spoilers, because, okay, let me see how this thing opens. Oh, God. Upside down? <laughs> I know it opens. And, Are oh, you sure? Okay. So what's crazy is there is an R2 unit in it. So that makes sense. R2's in there. But what's crazy is after that, Rough Rider Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Rough Rider? Yeah, the rough. Also, rough it's the wrong dimension on Teddy, isn't it? He's like almost as big as the ship. Also, gym. why is he blending in with your house? Well, it, he goes away in my house. Rough Rider Teddy Roosevelt is flying ship, but that's that's not all. Also, co-piloting it, taking the place of what I can only assume is the replacement for Chewbacca, is Terry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. So this is a major spoiler. Terry confirmed. Terry from Pee Wee's Playhouse confirmed. And who's going to be the main bad guy in Solo no, Two? More. This is crazy because I I thought for sure this had to be it. Main bad guy in Solo Two confirmed. Batman the Animated Series Two Face. <laughs> Batman the Animated Series Two Face will be the major bad guy and good guy in Solo, two, a Star Wars sequel. <laughs> and I gotta say, Target, you done dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. You ruined the movie for me, and you ruined the movie for everyone else. We're sorry that happened, Tommy. No sorry that, that you got exposed. Nice. Hang on, one, one nice second. Work. One second. Oh my Brian God. Henson. Oh, no. I spoke to you yesterday, and I said some <laughs> things that I regret. I want to apologize to you now. Sorry about the bag of blood. Just feel free to send it straight back to me. According to my doctor, I should not have sent that much blood, and I do need it back. Hopefully you kept it either refrigerated or at a boiling temperature, because if you send that blood back room temperature, I'm a goner. Okay? So, BH, blood. Also, if you don't get this reference that Tommy just made, I'm sorry you're going to have to watch the full one-hour episode from yesterday. Um, 
Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll go. Mine is not as elaborate or, or not as prop heavy as, as sadly as Tommy's. You just did a great job. Real quick, I want to shout out my my cousin uh, Davy Fallon, who uh, had his 14th birthday earlier hey, this hey. week. I've been meaning Happy to birthday, shout Davey. him out. Uh, hope you're having a great birthday week down Happy in San Diego. Birthday. Okay, um, mine was this was actually spoiled for me at my local Kroger. Oh. Uh, grocery store, right? I'm walking down the canned soup aisles because you guys know I'm a I'm a Campbell yeah, to Hall. Yeah, yeah, you love it, right? You're supernatural. Uh, that, that, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I souped up on soup is what they call. It. That's that's my super soldier serum. Okay, so I'm looking through all the different soups, then I see like a Chef Boyardee uh, Multiverse of Madness themed Whoa. can. Okay, cool. Well, I want to buy that, but on the can. They have John Krasinski oh, as Reed Richards. On. And the actual noodles are shaped like his oh, body flayed into God. spaghetti. That's shameful. And I'm like, That's shameful. not only did they spoil his appearance, <laughs> they spoiled that he was going to die by being shredded by Shame Wanda. On. Totally ruining Shame that Shame on you, Chef Boyardee. And I know you're watching. Horrible. Shame on Chef Boyardee. I will never, yeah. ever eat that gross ravioli ever again. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> I think that's that's part of an initiative to keep kids from eating so many carbs is they want to eat Mr. Fantastic. Let me oh. tell you what, I've ate John Krasinski before. It's not as good as you think. Oh god. I can <laughs> go right. next. I can go right, next. Go off that note. Off that Ooh. note. Off that note. Where's that whistle at? Where's that whistle at? Uh, off that note. <laughs> off that note. Um, you guys. I I had to go to the store and I had to go pick up some 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 really cool clothes because you know how I wear the coolest clothes on set. Oh, you went to uh, the cool clothes I, store? Yeah, aka the hot nice. topic. Nice. <laughs> the hot topic at Universal. That sounds so like a hot store. Let me tell you about it. It's a hot topic. So I went to Hot Topic and I went in there, right? And I was like, oh, this looks like some brand new swag you got here. They said this is exclusive from the Harley Quinn animated series season four, Whoa. which hasn't even really been thought of yet. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I need to go over there and buy it. And the only item they had left was this uh, 15 milligram of Lexapro. Whoa. And I said, <laughs> I said, wow, there is no way this has anything to do with Harley Quinn. And she said, it's the version of Harley Quinn that's the doctor. And I went, oh. oh my God, spoil, bitch. Yeah. I mean, oh, spoiler, but. And I yeah. got mad because she spoiled me and told me season four was the the pre of Harley being the doctor. And I'm irritated. She's now. just handing out 15 mils of Lexapro left and right. Well, first of all, <laughs> let me just say 15 milligrams, coward. Get up to 40 and then we'll talk. Uh, join, join the 40 gang. And then you can really start zoning out. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's a crazy spoiler. Shame on Hot Topic. Shame on Hot Topic. Shame. Shame. But cheers. Gotta be careful going but through cheer, Hot Topic. Cheers to Harley Quinn for, for self-care and for taking care of, uh, you know, there's, there's absolutely uh, a good thing to, to handle depression. So good for her. In a way, I'm not as mad about that spoiler as I am about the uh, spaghettis, I got to say. Yeah, All right, Eric, yeah. did, any spoilers coming to your life recently? Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone knows how how awful it was when that reporter from Variety tweeted out that Harry Styles was going to be in the post credit scene for Eternals, oh, right. playing Thanos' brother, Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox. Um, but I hate to say it, but I actually got spoiled on that even before that. And I'm not talking about leaks. I was uh, getting dinner with some friends and... Um, female friend of mine was going through her purse and just kind of taking stuff out of her purse and you know i'm i'm a guy so i, I don't understand at all what it what it means to to be a woman no. living in uh living in the dangers of society right oh, now sure. where uh all kinds of threats are are coming your way and uh she had something that i kind of offhandedly and insensitively made a joke about i'm like what's this and she goes um that's my rape whistle oh. and gave me uh, a very uh, respectful and uh, patient uh, discussion and explanation of what that is. And I said, but wait a minute, who is on this? And she goes, well, I just got this handed out uh, to me at, uh, <laughs> at Disneyland. And I was like, really? At <laughs> Disneyland? And she's like, yeah. And it uh, was a picture of um, 
of uh, Harry Styles as Star Fox. Wow. Um, oh. And I guess a reference to the fact that yep. Star Fox is, uh, you know, guilty of all kinds of sexual assault in the comics. And I remember thinking, like, Star Fox, there's no way they're going to put him in the MCU because he's a predator. And in fact, She-Hulk had to represent Star Fox as as a client in a sexual assault case at one point. Uh, but no, it was a real thing. And then shortly after that, I saw Eternals and I was I was bummed that I was spoiled. And then uh, later I found out that when you blow that whistle, it makes Patton Oswalt sound of when he goes, bah, 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 ah. presenting. <laughs> wow. That is, that's a crazy spoiler. That's insane. That's wild. That is the craziest spoiler you've I've ever heard. What a seemingly controversial and not profitable uh, piece of yeah. merch they would make that. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. I mean, I don't think profit, in fairness to them, it, it was probably handed out for free, I think, uh, you know. Okay. Oh, true. Still a major like, spoiler, shouldn't... and I got to say, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a sad world that those even have to exist, but it's even sadder when yeah. you spoil mm-hmm. uh, the Eternals, obviously. Uh, <laughs> you know, guys... Uh, obviously, uh, Star Fox whistles aren't the most fun thing in the world, but this has been mandatory fun, and in order to lift the fundus curse, I will now whisper the counter curse. Resumus the show is. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, great. We've got a couple um, couple folks that have, have thrown out some fun super chats. First off, uh, shout out to CLG Comics who uh, said, appreciate all that you guys do. And hashtag whatnot, whatnot being a, a platform that both CLG Comics uh, uses and we've worked with in the past. Thank you for that. Um, uh, oh, okay. There's some good uh, kind of things. Our good friend, Chrissy, yes. who's always coming in with some strong facts. Uh, thank you, Chrissy. She's a uh, expert Egyptologist and, and has a lot of great information. Said that the... Um, the soul stone is the only stone you can hold in your bare hand because the power of the soul stone doesn't come from what it okay and the it doesn't come from what it gives you it comes from the knowledge of what you gave up to oh, get wow. it mm. i hadn't thought about it that way crazy i really like that interpretation a lot i mean the soul stone i feel like we need to do a whole series on just the soul stone like marvel needs to show us everyone who tried to sacrifice someone to get the soul stone who's also like is the soul stone like replicable? Like if someone else were to go up to that cliffside and, and sacrifice someone like after Thanos and Hawkeye got it, is it now gone? Like, I, I just want to see everyone who sacrificed it and, and, and how it's returned even like, yeah. Interesting imp- interpretation. Uh, absolutely. We, we've got a couple of quick ones here. Uh, Mickey uh, asking about the, uh, the daredevil revival that's just been announced, which we covered earlier. Thank you, Mickey, for uh, super chatting there. And then Allison Becker, 94. This is kind of a, a, a nice coincidence. Uh, give us full reaction episodes of Eric watching season three <laughs> of The Boys. Well, I don't know about that, Allison, but we are going to be covering season three of The Boys here on New Rockstars. Our, our after show, Boys Underground, is coming back along with season three of The Boys. Uh, We're still working out the details of who's going to be on that show and things like that, but you can expect weekly coverage of The Boys season three here on New Rockstars, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit on The Break Room as well, because we'll all be watching it and enjoying it. Uh, Great. Oh, there were a couple polls that ran during the show today, and I like, I mean, some of these polls are just kind of bait for, for like, are you excited about uh, the Daredevil announced series? And of course, ninety-one percent of well, people that's are great. excited. Yeah, yeah you, that's, that's you wouldn't be watching Break Room unless you were excited. And I assume the eight or nine percent that aren't excited are just hardcore Netflix Daredevil yeah. fans who are maybe a little worried about They're that. Scared. But, uh, uh, when asked if people want a Wong solo movie, seventy-two percent said yes. Yeah. Now, I guess it's it's easy. Why why wouldn't you want more? Marvel movies. Now, if it's like Wong Solo movie or um, another Doctor Strange movie or Wong Solo movie or a uh, another Thor movie, then the numbers might be a little different there. But yeah. Oh, producer John coming in. I don't know if everybody could hear that. That Wong during the blip could be an interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wong is an example. Like, I'm not gonna. Uh, say that any of the upcoming titles in the pipeline are like, why that? But, um, you know, there are so many interesting characters in the MCU. Uh, so I don't know why we're getting like solo series and so- and TV shows for some of these characters and not Wong, <laughs> you know? Like, mm. Wong needs his own title. Mm. Yeah. 
I agree. We all love him. Can't go wrong with Wong. That's my campaign I'm running out for president on. Well, I know you, You've got that you've got that full back tattoo. That's right. Right, Tommy? Yeah. It's it's called Wongfully <laughs> Accused. And it's just me and, and me and Benedict <laughs> Wong both behind bars with our hands in prayer. <laughs> prayer hands. Oh. Oh. We've got we've got a couple of just very nice chats. Uh, Carla Ibarra saying thanks for the break room, guys. It livens up my Mondays to Fridays. Get get Eric out of the blue dungeon. Well, we can't deliver on that, and you know we need Eric in that blue dungeon to get us all those great breakdowns and theory videos. But we appreciate you, Carla, and we thank you for watching. Uh, and then Andrew uh, McManima, sorry, I butchered your name there. Five dollars more towards Eric's plane ticket to join the break room in person. Well, you better believe. Anytime we can get that guy in the 818, you know we're pulling him into the studio. 818 till we die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love doing this with you guys. I miss you all so much. We miss you, and that's why it's a, it's a pleasure when like folks like Tommy get to go to an event with you. We've got some other events in the cooker. We might be coming to a city near you, Mr. Voss and some other uh, friendly faces from the channel. Uh, but other than that, Luckily, you get to see his and our faces a whole lot every day here on New Rockstars. We thank you for watching uh, this very special episode of uh, The Break Room. Tommy's casting a spell on us. And uh, this is is a a brown noise spell, so I think I've got to run real quick. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Uh, So, oh, oh, Eric, do you want to give a quick tease? (laughs) Eric, what what do we got coming out on the channel in the next day or two? We have some really fun videos where I did um, something I don't normally do, but I love doing a, a VFX and CGI analysis Ooh, of uh, the She-Hulk you. footage. Nice. Um, and uh, I don't come out at it like the like the wizards over at the Quarter Crew do. They're all VFX artists themselves. I come at it from like someone who I feel like I know quite a bit about VFX, and we have a whole great team of of artists and graphics uh, folks here at New Rockstars who consulted on this. But I come from it uh, from a narrative and character perspective. So I did an analysis based off of what we see of She-Hulk and why some of the shots feel off and why some of them feel totally fine and really fun. Uh, so I'm at the end of the day, really looking forward to that show. And I, I don't want people to like dismiss it or reject it just based off of some unfinished VFX in the trailer. Thank you. Um, so we got that coming out. And uh, uh, another theory of mine that the uh, Multiverse of Madness 838 universe might be the same universe as the epilogue of X-Men Days of Future Past. Ooh. There's some interesting evidence pointing to that possibility. So check out that when uh, Ooh. it comes out. Very nice, very nice. So we've got some great videos from Whitney and MT coming up in yes. the next uh, couple of days as well. Uh, so check those out. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for a, a Funky Friday edition of The Break Room. There might be booze getting consumed. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, Eric Voss might be back, can neither confirm nor deny that. Mm. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, but we thank you for joining us. We hope you have a great day. Keep it Gucci to Moochie. Gucci everybody. to Moochie.